Today, we're going to be in the book of 1 John, and it is not only one of my favorite books, it's a book that we have been going through with the youth. So I'm super excited to go through this book with you. And uh, we're going to be in 1 John, starting in chapter 4, and we're going to be in verse 13. But before I start, I just want to kind of hype up the book of 1 John to you all. It is, uh, it's one of my favorites, and something about 1 John is it's one of the most simple, easy reads in the entire Bible. And I say that, um, but there's words that are like a little bit difficult to understand. But once you get past the, the difficult words to understand, they're fairly easy concepts, and they're very simple for us to follow with our lives. Uh, but I want to kind of let you all in on some Bible study things that help me out that I think are, are great for all of you to use if you, if you really want to. But if you have some free time in the quarantine, you're going through a book of the Bible, maybe First John, like the youth is right now. A couple of things I use that, so that I, I understand what I'm reading is that when I'm reading the Bible, it's really important that I understand what it says so that I can change my life to be what the verse says. And so I use a couple tools. Uh, I like to, whenever I'm reading just for devotionals or whatever, I love to read out of my study Bible. So if you don't have a study Bible, I would recommend you getting one. They're very helpful. I'm loyal to the MacArthur study Bible, but there's a lot of great ones out there. And also I use a website called Blue Letter Bible, which is a Bible nerd website if you're a Bible nerd like me. And uh, if you didn't already know, a lot of the New Testament was written in Greek. And so when you read the Bible in English, like today, there the one of the first words used is John says the word abide, which never used that word in my life. And so when I look it up on the website, I click on the number, I search the verse, click the number, and it tells me every type of translation for the Greek word abide. And so I know that it means remain and continue. And so I use uh, Blue Letter Bible, MacArthur Study Bible. And then also, I haven't even, I haven't even checked with the pastors if I can say this, but I just will. Uh, so I also, your third Bible study tool is actually Facebook and Instagram. And why I say that is because if you're ever just stumped on something, feel free to DM or Facebook message the Bear Valley page, and we'll try to get back to you. But we're, uh, we're just, we're just hanging out here in quarantine. So we love when just all of us are here to study the Bible together. And so um, with that, let's talk about the book of First John. So uh, it is written by the, the disciple John, not John the Baptist, but the disciple John. And it is a book that is very, uh, it's meant to be written pretty simply. And it is also just a very straightforward and honest book with us. I like to think it, John was one of the sons of thunder as a disciple. So I like to think of John as he's just your friend who's just telling you how it is. And so uh, with that, if you look at the first four verses in, of John, they say a couple of things. They say that John wrote this book in order that we might find true life, true fellowship, and true joy. But I want to ask you guys this question. I'm just going to focus on one of them today is... Uh, how do we normally go about seeking joy? And so uh, the, here's an example for you from when I was little. 
is when I was in kindergarten, I was very obsessed with the computer game Backyard Baseball. I don't know if any of you are familiar with it, but it was a game that was made like when I was born. It was my favorite game ever. I wanted to play it. I would have played it 12 hours a day if my mom let me. But I noticed that every time I asked my mom, she was hesitant to let me play. But then when I would clean my room first, and then I asked, my success was a lot better. And uh, so the crazy thing, I know this isn't, uh, this isn't a lesson on how to manipulate your parents into getting what you want. But yeah, I know, I know. Fun fact, Dad, I played you in kindergarten. Um, but when we talk about joy, I think sometimes we seek joy in the wrong places. And we forget that we, that joy is not found in trying to get what we want, but trying to give what God wants us to give. And so another thing about joy is some people think of joy as happiness, but joy is much better because happiness, the difference between joy and happiness is happiness can change in an instant. If you're happy and something sad happens, you're not happy anymore. But joy, joy is what's called unstoppable happiness. And this means that you're thankful in any, every, any and every situation, no matter what happens in your life, you still are thankful and think that life is great. And so that's what John was trying to, that was a portion of why he wrote the book of First John, so that we might truly understand how to, how to actually get this true joy that, that the Lord provides. So in this book where, that's teaching us how to get true joy, we stumble upon this passage that I think is super important. It's in, it's in chapter four. And so that's where we're going to be today. So First John chapter four, verse 13. So um, it says this, by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother is a liar and he is, or he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God also must love his brother. All right, let's pray that God might help us understand this passage and that we might really change our lives once we understand it. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for giving us this passage in first John, Lord, Lord, I pray, I pray, Lord, that we would understand how important it is to love one another, Lord, and that we would truly not just understand the verses, but that we would truly change our lives to be more like you. So we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone. So to start us off, we uh, have to figure out what is our main point for the day? What, what exactly am I, what, what are the, these verses talking about? as a whole. And so your main point for the day, if you hear nothing else this whole day, 
is to love one another. And it's, uh, I would argue that biblical Greek is a way better language than English because in English, there's only one word for love. And so if you read the, the verses, love one another, and then you come up to me and you're like, Caleb, I love you. I'm going to be like, get away. That's weird, right? But in Greek, there's actually four words that mean love, uh, or four different ways to say love. And so they're all mentioned in the Bible. There's one uh, love that means family love. There's one love that means romantic love. There's one love that means brotherly love. And then the type of love here is sacrificial love. And so when you see these, when you see the words love one another, oh, and you might ask, Caleb, how did you figure out which version of love it was? Because I looked it up in Blue Letter Bible and I was too lazy to learn Greek. So I just have my fancy nerd website. Uh, but this is the highest form of love in Greek. And it's, it could be translated perfect love or sacrificial love. And the reason this is big is because we sometimes think of love as a feeling, or we think of love as like more just affection. But when this word is used, it's not talking about that at all. This type of love is talking about the type of love where you would sacrifice anything for them, where you love them unconditionally. And that's also talking about, it says it's translated perfect. So when I think of that, I think it's the same love that Jesus showed us on the cross by dying for us. And so when you see the word love, when it says love one another, you may have thought, well, that's a pretty easy command. But when you really dive into the word, it means love one another as Jesus Christ loved us. And so once we understand that, we can really dive into this passage because this passage is basically a passage where John is showing us the reasons why we need to love one another. And at the end, he says, so this is why, love one another. So let's get into the verses. So we start out and it says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So this is another verse of 1 John where I think it's saying something simple, but because it uses the word abide, we get confused. But it literally means that if you're a Christian, you have been given the Holy Spirit And so abide simply means remain. So in verses 13 through the first half of 16, John is really saying statements that we already believe to be true. Um, It's almost as if you, um, it's almost as if like, if you've ever been convinced to do something by someone and they say, do you want to be a good person? Do you want to look cool? Do you want to have a lot of friends? Well then do this. And so it's saying statements that we already believe. Verse 13, it says, the spirit is with you. That is correct. And verse 14, it says this, and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. It's what we believe as Christians. It's very foundational to our faith that we believe that God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. We believe that, check. And then it says, whoever confesses, that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And so this is talking about how, so Jesus died on the cross for us. And then he says in verse 15, so that means we're saved by faith because 
what we believe as Christians is we believe that we don't have to work. We don't have to do anything to earn our salvation, but because of the work on the cross, Jesus already did it for us. And so verse 15 is basically saying, so you believe in faith, right? So we believe that uh, we have the Holy Spirit. We believe that God sent his son down to earth for us. And we believe that we're saved by faith. And then verse uh, 16, so we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. So he starts out and he says, so this is all love from God, right? The fact that God would send his spirit to us, the fact that God would send his son for us, and the fact that we would have to do nothing, but it was completely by the work of Jesus Christ that we're saved. This is all God's love for us. And so John starts to get into his points of why exactly you should, you should love one another. So if you're taking notes on paper or in your head, the first, um, the first point is found by, from verse 16. It says this, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So, the first point, the first reason to love one another is that God is love. And uh, when, again, this word love, it's not talking about butterflies. It's not talking about a nice feeling for someone. It's talking about sacrificial, perfect love. And to put it together for you, if you've ever read 1 Corinthians 13, this is a passage that is always used that describes love. It's also used, also uses the same word of sacrificial love. And Jesus Christ, or God, fit, fits all these, these categories, right? And so God, as we just talked about earlier, fits the ultimate um, example of perfect sacrificial love to us because he sent his son on the cross because he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us because we have forgiveness, because um, we're given all sorts of good things we don't deserve. We're given grace. And so God is love. God is proven, has proven himself over and over to be love to us. And the question I have for you is, do we ever take this for granted? Do you forget that the love of God is more than just a feeling but it is the strongest sacrifice that we could ever imagine. Second point is found in verse, um, verse 17. It says this, By this love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. It says verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So here's our second point. Second reason to love one another today is that love is perfected in us. So you may ask yourself the question, what does perfected mean? It's also a bit of a strange way to say it. And I looked it up again. And what it really means is to bring to completion. So my question for you is if we're talking about sacrificial perfect love, is there any area in your life where you feel like you could love people more? And that's really the question because there's no person in the world who sacrificially loves perfectly. There's no person in the world who unconditionally, sacrificially, giving up themselves completely, loves everyone else in their life. 
And so the fact that it says love is perfected is super encouraging because it says not only is God love, but he is also perfecting the love that is in us. That means if you're a believer, there should be this idea where when you're saved till when you die, your love is constantly being perfected. You love people more than you did the day before. And this is because if God is with you, and if we have power from God, then we should be making progress in our lives. And so this verse is super encouraging because it says, um, it was, it says, love is perfected in us. And it points back to in verse 13, when John was saying that the spirit is with us. And in verse 14, when uh, John talks about Jesus Christ being sent to earth for us, these all are helping us and that our sacrificial love is growing every day. And so uh, it talks about the day of judgment, which I think is simply talking about a general, it's, I don't think it's talking about a specific day mentioned in Revelation. I think it's just talking about when we have to answer for our actions. And so I think it's saying generally that if we're perfected by God in love, not through our own strength, then we can have confidence when we have to answer for our actions because we don't have to point to our own actions. When we have to answer to God for what we've done with our lives, we can simply say, God, you know I was a sinner, but thanks to the work of Jesus Christ and thanks to the work of the Holy Spirit, I am confident to stand before you. And so it also, uh, it kind of clarifies that a little bit in verse 18. It says this, there is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. This is such a cool verse, because it's both talking about the fact that because God is perfecting us in love, we don't need to fear anymore. It's also talking about, just generally, how as a Christian, something that doesn't need to mark us is fear. Because as believers, we're saved by Jesus Christ. It is 100% not our work. And so we can live confidently knowing that we don't have to face punishment, that we don't have to pay for everything bad we've ever done because of the work of Jesus. And so that is why it's saying perfect love, and that's the perfect love of Jesus Christ that's cast out this fear in our lives. And so that's super encouraging. So to review, our reasons to love one another, we have first one, God is love. Second one, love is perfected in us, which is something I don't think we sometimes realize how awesome it is. And then the fourth reason to love one another is that loving is the mark, is a mark of a believer. Uh, So let's go to verse 19. It says this, we love because he first loved us. Verse 20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he uh, has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And so I don't think this is saying that you have to be perfect in your love in order to be a Christian. I think that would contradict what we previously talked about. But what it is saying is it's saying if you are a believer, love is not an option. And what I mean is sacrificial love, meaning that if you want to live for yourself, if you want to be selfish, if you want to live for your own desires, 
it's not really an option for you as a believer because a, an essential mark of a believer is that we show the same love that Christ showed us on the cross. And so it's a super honest reminder from John that we can't pretend like we can call ourselves awesome Christ-centered believers when um, really we're struggling to sacrifice, when we're struggling to love people unconditionally. And so this third reason is very simple. It's just that loving is the mark of a believer. And so uh, this is uh, another thing that we have to consider here is sometimes we feel like maybe we are good at sacrifice, which probably isn't true. But another factor of this type of love is that it's unconditional. And so I've never seen when people say that they love someone, rarely do I see it meaning unconditional love. Can you think of a person in your life where you said, I love them so much, but no matter what they do for the rest of the life, you would love them unconditionally. It doesn't matter what they do at all to you. Maybe they hurt you. Maybe they're mean, but you love them unconditionally. It's a little bit more difficult than we sometimes think. And so um, to wrap us up for today, we really need to go through, uh, we, we really need to summarize and make sure we truly understand what the sacrificial love looks like And then I want all of you in your own minds just to think through, how could I be loving people sacrificially in a better way? So we just finished all these verses talking about reasons to love other people. So first one, God loved us first. Second one, God is perfecting us, meaning God is is growing us to make our love greater so that we might love others more. And this is a reason because It's encouraging that we don't have to do it through our own power, that we don't have to learn to love other people on our own strength. And the third reason is that loving one another is what believers are called to do. And it says it's a mark of a believer in verse 20. And so my final thoughts for you guys is I think we need to go through the areas of our life and think about, do we need to to love others better sacrificially? So my question for you, is how could you be showing sacrificial love? And my first thought for you is maybe right now, maybe there's someone in your life right now that you are struggling to forgive or you are struggling to look past their mistakes. Maybe you're struggling to sacrifice your own pride, your own anger for, to forgive them. Maybe you have bitterness towards someone in your life who's hurt you, who's been nasty to you. And so my question for you is, do you need to forgive them right now and show them unconditional love? Because that's what the Bible's talking about. It's not talking about a feeling of when someone's nice to us, we treat them nice back. It's talking about no matter what, we love other people. Um, my next thought for us is maybe in the next couple days, maybe is there a way that we could show someone sacrificial love? And what I mean is maybe there's a comfort that we have that we don't want to give up. Maybe we haven't really been thinking about how can I make someone else's life awesome and how can I let them know that I love them sacrificially. And then my final thought for you is maybe this is just something we need to change in our life. Maybe we just have habits of constantly living for ourselves. We have a habit of putting us first and we have a habit of thinking 
that love is simply a feeling and not a way that Jesus treated us on the cross. And so with that, I am super encouraged by all of you. I hope you all uh, just really uh, reflected on your lives about are, are we truly loving one another sacrificially? I, um, maybe you're interested in the, first, in the book of First John and want to learn more, but I want to say that uh, thanks for listening to me, and I would just like to close this out in a word of prayer, that we might truly be people who love each other sacrificially. So with that, bow your heads. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, thank you for showing us the ultimate example on the cross of loving us by sending your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us through giving us the Holy Spirit. And thank you for perfecting us along the way that we don't have to love each other through our own power, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would be people who give of ourselves, Lord, who love each other sacrificially, who love each other unconditionally, and who love each other just like Jesus loved us, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I hope you all have an awesome week and we hope to see you soon. Thanks so much.